Web3 with me is a discussion style podcast about the ins and outs of Web 3.0, hosted by Zach French, known as Off Edge in the verse. From crypto to NFTs, DAOs to DeFi, we cover the abstract philosophical promises and the new business models enabled in this new decentralized world. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or watch the show on YouTube. Thanks and enjoy. Zach French is a bar certified attorney and nothing expressed by Zach during Web3 with me shall be considered legal advice. All the opinions expressed by Zach and his guests are solely their own opinions. All content in Web3 with me is for informational purposes only. Zach and his podcast guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed during Web3 with me. Thanks so much for tuning in to Web3 with me. It is our mission here to educate, and we realize that some basics of Web3, like WTF is a digital wallet, might be helpful for you to know. We will be releasing a series of short videos on YouTube and Reels to help cover these high-level topics. We hope they're useful for us, and feel free to leave us feedback. My guest today is Liz Morrison, co-founder of Your Web3 Besties Media Brand. Liz has built amazing expertise in marketing and partnerships over seven plus years. She provides an amazing platform for women and everyone in Web3 on her weekly spaces with Becky Wowo called Girls Night and Web3. We get a masterclass in navigating the various parts of Twitter, how to build the best partnerships, and a reminder on why Web3 is so powerful for building lifetime connections. LFG baby, let's start vibing. Welcome to the show, Liz. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Zach. I know this has been a long time coming since our first Mm -hmm. call where we both decided at the end of the call, we're friends now. Yeah. Like, did we just become best friends? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, And we're also both in the Atlanta blockchain community, which is awesome. Uh, We've got a growing community here. The city's got an awesome conference coming up, which I'm sure we'll both be participating in. Um, It's just a lot of exciting things happening here. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I love seeing Web3 growing in Atlanta, like having a southeastern city representation in this industry is like anything I could ever ask for. So yeah, being here in Atlanta, like meeting cool people like you, I'm only I'm so thrilled to see like what else comes out of the future events here. I know. I keep I keep harassing all of my Web3 friends who don't live here that they need to spend some time in Atlanta. Uh, same, literally same. On my Twitter spaces, Becky, my co-host, she's like, you are literally like the biggest hype girl for Atlanta. I'm like, well, I do live here and I'm going to need everyone else to care about it. Okay? okay. Yeah, exactly. If nobody else promotes it, right? Like, right. I got to do this. I love exactly. Atlanta. If you could see my background, uh, which you can't for a reason because there's crap everywhere, but on the walls, there is uh, a big Atlanta skyline. There's the word Atlanta, Old Fourth Ward, where I reside in town. Wow. Big shout out. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a great city. And honestly, it wasn't that cool when I was growing up here, um, but it is very cool now. Uh, there's a lot of culture here. Uh, it is a hip hop mecca, which is sick. Um, and you know, I'm just, I'm just excited to be here. We've got all the necessary ingredients to become the next blockchain hub. And I think you and I will have a big part in that. Oh yeah. 100% honey pee, as we like to say, in honey, pee. honey yeah. pee, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, it's gonna, it's, it's going somewhere. So I'm excited for it. 
Cool. Well, I typically start these episodes with letting my audience get to know you a little bit better. Uh, I call it your founding story. So feel free to start wherever you'd like. Oh, okay. Um, well, I first started paying attention to Web3 in 2021. It's when it more so became like on my radar. And I've been on Twitter for a long time. Like I was involved in like marketing Twitter because like my career has always been in marketing. And then I was following money Twitter creators on there, which led me to crypto Twitter, like NFT Twitter. So like that's truly how I got involved in like these different little niches on Twitter. And then I just started seeing like more conversation about NFTs. Like 2021, of course, was like NFT hot girl summer. Like the board apes were taking off. Like ETH was going up like everyone is living on cloud nine living their best lives and i'm sure like thinking they made it for the rest of their lives that year um but i was like wait this is really cool like i don't know what to do but i'm interested in it so i just like keep following people and then in december 2021 i saw a giveaway for an nft this guy i know um vince vinny um he is in like the marketing twitter world and he did like a giveaway for this NFT. And I was like, okay, well, I know who he is. I trust him. I feel like he wouldn't post anything weird. So I'm going to enter this giveaway <laughs> and I won it. So like, that's how I got my first NFT is I won it on a Twitter giveaway. I don't think anybody actually won those. <laughs> I don't think they did either. I think like it helped that it was still kind of like new and he bridged like he had one foot in marketing twitter one foot in like nfts and like more innovative you know things happening and i just like like that so yeah i mean i i don't think a lot of people entered the giveaway um so it helped me but but yeah so i got it it was a fierce studio nft and which are like these little character like girls and they're like models it was uh produced by a modeling agency from new york city and so I, they were like, oh, congratulations. Like, we send us your wallet address. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> literally, like, just over a year ago, I'm like, I don't even know what this means. <laughs> so I, they send me a blog post. Like, thankfully, they had, like, a step-by-step -step blog on, like, how to get your address out of MetaMask. I'm like, what is MetaMask? Like, <laughs> where do I find it? And it, I had to read that blog so many times over just to get anything to click. And so finally it did. I got my MetaMask. I sent them my address. It took like at least 10 minutes for the NFT to show up in my wallet. And I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know what I did wrong, but I guess I'm not getting this NFT. But um, yeah, so like that's literally how I got started. But once I went through that moment, which was very frustrating for me, very challenging because I had never done it. I was just like watching people talk about it on Twitter. I learned a lot through that process too. And then I started learning like, okay, I'm going to buy ETH now. And then I learned how to mint NFTs from like when projects were like just doing mint and like, you know, doing the whole pre-reveal thing. I would buy things pre-reveal, which is a terrible time to buy an NFT. I now know that. <laughs> Correct. But you got to learn somehow. I did not know that. I'm like, ooh, I, I was 
seriously like this sucker that everyone preys on during that moment like i was like oh but they just sold out but i want one and i'm gonna miss my chance to get it so i'm gonna pay 400 dollars for this nft i don't even know what it looks like and then it absolutely tanks as soon as they reveal i learned <laughs> real quick <laughs> but yeah that's how i got started and then like just to um keep that short i just was going like down the rabbit hole i kept learning kept buying nfts definitely wasted a lot of money but looking back like i'm not i don't really regret it like i'm stoked i went through these weird little nft moments like getting rugged um almost getting rugged and then like buying pre-reveal and then you just learn that way and then i also met a lot of cool people during the process so and then i ended up getting a job uh, my first full-time Web3 position in NFT, um, doing Web3 partnerships with Unstoppable Domains. So it's been a crazy journey. Yeah, it sounds like it. I'm, I want to dig into that a little bit because um, I think I was a part of FinTwit, MoneyTwit, you know, in the side. And then I was actually uh, helping some friends of mine who had a podcast, write a newsletter. And then I saw them start to transition to like NFT Twitter and like, almost like full stop, like head gung ho about it. So what was it like for you being a part of these different communities, the marketing Twitter, the money Twitter, and then transitioning to NFT Twitter? What was the vibe comparison? What was it like for you in terms of the way you were building your brand? Um, just expand yeah. upon that a little bit. Great question. Um, so I think back in my OG Twitter days, like marketing Twitter, I was more of a lurker. Like I would tweet a little bit, but I wasn't really like, creating strong communities like i'm i made a couple um like connections on twitter but no like really strong friendships i would say or someone i feel comfortable enough to like call up you know um my vibe in web3 twitter nft twitter is definitely more it feels very community like i feel like i get on twitter and i'm hanging out with my friends like or if i'm scrolling my timeline and i see you or Angela from the blockchain center or Becky or anyone who's in my spaces. It's like, I just see my friends on there and that's what it feels like now. And so I, yeah, I love the different type of like cultures, I guess, between the Twitters for sure. It sounds like, I mean, given you, you weren't kind of putting yourself out there with, with marketing Twitter, but it sounds like the, the community was more welcoming once you got to like web three NFT Twitter. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, with marketing Twitter, um, there were definitely I remember noticing like little pockets of clicks and like, kind of, they were like the cool kids on Twitter and wouldn't really interact with other people or just themselves. And like, as much as you would try to break in those conversations and make connections, it just wasn't going anywhere. And so that's probably why I was like, def like, this isn't fun. Like, it's not fun if like no one else is like, including you in conversations or giving you the opportunity or like doesn't reply to your DMs or something like that's no fun. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So web three NFT Twitter definitely is more community driven and people respond and like as much as people want to say like, Oh, the GM, like the GMs you do like the tweets and everything. Like I love those. They're so fun. Like, yeah, sure. You might get some nice engagement on those, but like, it feels really good to say GM to someone and have them say it back. It does. It does. And it's so easy. It's literally two, two letters. Just type yeah. it. 
send it, it back. Yeah. Just like wake up, see like, oh, GM, GM, like whatever, reply or just you tweet it and people will say it to you. Like, it's so fun. I mean, yeah. to, be, to be frank, when I start, when I am, you know, producing content on Twitter, the content that starts with GM gets more engagement and I get that, right? Like the people who yeah. read it feel the way you feel. So like, why wouldn't I say it? I say it at 2, 2 p.m. my time. Oh, I say PM. GM all day, every day. I don't care what time it is, GM. Yeah. It's the magical power of GM. I Whenever I've taught Web3 to like different corporations, I'm like, GM, you must understand GM. <laughs> you must. And there's not much to understand about it, but you got to do it. Yeah. So what, what was your original, uh, marketing path where you're, were you in digital marketing or what was kind of like your early marketing experience? Yeah. So, um, I'm a marketer by trade 100%. That's been my career focus up until being more partnerships focused. And I worked in, um, recruitment marketing and then I was in the HR tech space for a long time. So, doing like product marketing, partnership marketing, and then partnership management too on like the enterprise level. So, I mean, I've really done it all when it comes to marketing, the social, um, demand gen, digital, everything. But of course, like marketing and what's trending or what's working in the market like changes so much. Like, even within six months, like the whole strategy could change. It's a lot to keep up with. You're, um, uh, you're kind of leading to my next question. Uh, <laughs> I want to know what your, how your opinions changed. And then I want you to be as frank as you want about what we need to change and or not change about Web3 marketing. Because my focus in the show is that I'm trying to help trying to bring people on who are solving this massive perspective problem that we have in web three, that it's all unsafe and it's all too technical. And, you know, it's only for these early adopters and there's nothing else to do here. I think we can shift the narrative through this show and through our actions. So tell me a little bit about like what your early experience was, and then tell me how that can be applied to web three and how we can make web three, you know, go mainstream. Yeah. I mean, traditional marketing, it's very much like you are, trying to sell people like obviously the whole point of marketing is to convince people to buy something and for a company to make money and that's never going to go away even in web3 companies need to be profitable they need to thrive in order for us to enjoy the reaps of their existence like they need to be a successful profiting business um but yeah, so traditionally marketing, it's like you're talking at people, you're convincing them. There's not really much interaction back from the people you're marketing at. Like, I mean, you may have surveys and like do your different researching and benchmarking, but I was never interacting with people. And I think that's where it's very different with Web3, with marketing. Um, the community has to be considered. They have to be number one. Like... You have to think about what their needs are, what they're looking for, also how it benefits like your company, but ultimately they're your customers. And then partnerships is huge in Web3. Um, a lot of companies, like in order to scale, in order to make products work, you have to have partnerships. You can have partnerships by having integrated partners, media partners, creator partnerships, if affiliate partners also, like having 
deep community members or whales or whatever you want to call them in your community, like have them like bring them on board, have meetings with them, provide them opportunities to earn revenue with you. Like that is so important. And I think that's going to have to be a focus also. And like users, like a lot of product users, like what are they asking for? What is their feedback? Are they finding bugs? Do they have challenges? Like listen to them, help them troubleshoot, have them help you troubleshoot. Like maybe they have really cool ideas. So it's really having more of like a touch to um, like your community and your users and build with them. Yeah. that, that I mean, look, it's, I think that's always been an idea, but I feel like in Web3, it has to be canon, right? It's got to be on the wall that you are constantly communicating with your community members and understanding what they want, but also helping your community members understand that you need them in order to succeed, right? Yeah. I think that um, a lot of people kind of get lost in the the kind of, oh, yeah, our community's active on Discord. That's great. And we'll make a bunch of money from secondary sales, right? And like, that's mm -hmm. not a business, right? That, that That's a project. But yeah. that path from project to business requires you listening to your community, requires partnerships across the board, not just a retail partnership here and there and a collab, but like true technology-based partnerships, people partnerships, all these different partnerships are so important because when you go to these brands that are have no exposure to Web3 or very limited, they're not going to reconsider their whole brand just to for this new technology in Web3, right? They're, yeah. they're, they're looking for ways to help grow their own community by leveraging people in Web3 and brands in Web3. Um, what, what are kind of your thoughts on like the idea of like token gated commerce and partnering with people based on what they have in their wallet? Have you thought about that at all? Ooh, I mean, I think it's a great opportunity to reward your community is through token gating too. Like if you are a brand and a, a user or someone in your community has like a certain token or an NFT or a proof that they attended a certain event and you want them to be a holder, or maybe you have a partnership with an NFT collection, for example, and they also have another NFT from something else or maybe an event, if they hold those tokens in their wallet, like maybe you reward them and surprise and delight them. I think that's something I really hope to see more projects and companies utilize and also it's fun for the community like if you know you're going to get rewarded or special perks or spe special access to things by holding tokens you're more likely to actually hold on to them and buy them if you know that's coming so that's i think good. i just i think i just got the title of the episode surprise and delight in web3 with Ooh, so, I love that. <laughs> I love that that term. That's that's a great term. I mean, that think about it. Like you've got <clears throat> kind of like the competing win culture of Web three of like when do we get this thing? When do we get this thing? And it's like so obnoxious, right? Yeah. And then you've got the brands being like, oh, right now, reactionary, right now. But like, yeah, like maybe, oh god, got to do something. Yeah, right. Like take a step back because it's going to be more authentic. It's going to have a bigger impact. I mean, honestly, I kind of I'm thinking about like as a parent, my strategy as a parent having two young kids, like the stuff that's most effective is the surprises, 
right? If you tell your child that you are going to get them something, if they do something, then it's just a bribe. But if your child does something good and then you get them something before they knew about it, then they're like, ooh, I want to do more of the good thing, right? Yeah. Right, because you might get a surprise. You may not, but you might. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if you – and that's the thing too also, like being super reactionary to your community to where they almost end up controlling you, like that will drive a team crazy. It's like had people shut to, down discords. <laughs> yeah, like you have to have some balance and like some boundaries there. Like, yes, obviously the community matters. They need to have a say so. They need to – you need to be open to feedback, but also don't let your hordes of people and your community also run your business either. And so, yeah, I mean, having a long-term plan, like saying, hey, if you hold this, then we have these partnerships upcoming, stay tuned or something like that. I don't know, surprise them, like keep them but also let them know something is coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to yeah. drop breadcrumbs, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. This isn't, this isn't, we, aren't, we aren't driving blind. Keep but, them on their toes is yeah. what I'm trying to say. You may or may not get something, you know? But you like, may. <laughs> but you also may not. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So uh, being in marketing and partnerships for, for your entire career, you've probably got some really good ideas about what makes a good partner. Um, could you put on your hat from both sides of the table, from the Web3 brand to the non-Web3 brand and from yeah. the non-Web3 brand to the Web3 brand? Because I, I, I think and I hope that there will be viewers of the show on both sides of the aisle trying to think about, like, how would I build a partnership with a Web3 community or when the Web3 is like, oh, I'm scared to approach these legacy brands. So if you could take both sides of that, I think it'd be super helpful for the audience. Yeah. Uh, wow. That is a great question. That's a fun question. Okay. So in my web two world, I worked in large corporate America with large enterprise customers and partners. And my partnerships there were very, as you would imagine, uh, corporate America focus, like sometimes very hard to communicate with challenging to, get anything approved or get things moving like it moves very slow um so i mean that's just very corporate anyone listening here from a web troop brand like you know the legalities and all the different hoops you have to go through just to do something and web3 based on my experience it's it moves so fast like you gotta get it going like i mainly work with um tech integration partners. So seeing like integrations get through and working and they're tested and they're live. And then we're working on the go-to-market strategy and, and you're getting on multiple calls with your partners, having these conversations, like how are we both going to announce this partnership and amplify the partnership to our communities, also including our communities in that too. Like who are some really cool people involved that can help amplify or do a fun contest or a giveaway, something like that. So were you, were you driving that? Sorry to interrupt. Were you, were you, when you're, when you're going through a partnership, are you driving the, the way that it gets broken down by both you internally and your partner to mm -hmm. kind of make it easier for the partner to participate? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what we would call like our go-to-market strategy, like the different channels we're going to like, all the different ways we're going to get the word of the partnership out there. Um, I would 
I drive that and then also work collaboratively with, collaboratively with my partner because, of course, they have their own ways of marketing and interacting with their community. So I want to hear that, too. Um, and then we work together on that. And then, okay, I think your other question was, what would we say to a Web 2 brand wanting to work with a Web 3 brand? Just like what are, what, what are the characteristics of a good partnership uh, both ways, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting like so down my little rabbit oh, it's hole. It's okay. The rabbit holes are the best. That brings out the best <laughs> insights. Don't like the cut any of that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so characteristics of a good partnership and a good partner is someone who is open to collaborate with you and is responsive and is willing to put in equal work as you are. And sometimes that can vary depending on the size of a partner you're working with and the size that your company might be compared to your partner. And that's very normal. Like within a partnership strategy, you typically have tiers or way to determine which partners get priority. So if you have someone labeled as like, let's say a tier one or a tier two, like those are probably your top biggest partners. You want to put a lot of your eggs in those baskets because you feel like you're going to get the most ROI out of them in some way, whether that's engagement or new users or customers or revenue, like whatever your goals may be, you feel like those partners will help you get there most. You might have some lower tier partners that are maybe a lot smaller where you'll still collaborate with them and go about your partnership, but you may not put as much time into those. So depending on where you are, you may be a top tier partner to someone. You may be in the middle to low ranking. So they may not be willing to do as much with you as you'd be willing to do for them and vice versa. So, I mean, I've been in conversations where I've been on both sides of that. I've been the big fish, like, no, we can only do a couple of little things. Of, and then I've been the small fish to someone else where they're like, no, I can literally just do like, say your name in a tweet and that's it. <laughs> like, so. You want me like, to retweet like, something? Fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, please, can you please use something? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not trying to sound desperate, but I'm going to need more. But I am. <laughs> but I am. Right. Because like, I still have my own goals. You know what I mean? Like, So yeah, I mean, it, I mean, that's it's a dance. Like who can do what? And so all that to say, it's like having a, a partner where they're willing to work with you and there's some give and take and, but also being responsible, like you kind of divvy up like, okay, this is what you're doing. This is what we're doing. Like we're going to have our call again next week. Come prepared, come with your stuff done, meet your deadline. So everything works smoothly. I've also worked with a lot of, um, people who like to wait until the last minute and either to the day before or the literal day of a partner. <laughs> Are you one of those? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. But like, um, or like literally the day of morning of a partnership, like announcement, like your go to market strategy is like time to go. Something changes or they didn't do something or they're wrapping up work that day and it's just like mind-blowing to me i don't know i think like how i don't understand how people function <laughs> <laughs> you're just, it sounds like you're very organized 
I am very organized. I would say that's definitely one of my superpowers. Yeah. I might be overly organized and detailed for some people, but listen, when you're working with hundreds of partners at any given time and you are knocking out go-to-market strategies left and right and you got to keep things going, like you have to be organized. You have to. And like you have to think ahead. And so I think that, and that's super simple, right? Paying attention to details and being organized and being timely. Those are very simple things if you think about it. Like that can truly set someone apart from like run-of-the-mill partnership manager, partnerships, like whatever you're doing to like being great is those simple things, truly. Because it's wild. Some people probably take for granted. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like, I mean, if I could summarize, it sounds like, it sounds a lot like sales. Uh, I spent six it? years in sales before I was uh, in-house counsel and then moved here. And mm -hmm. it was build an ideal customer profile, an ideal partner profile, insert mm -hmm. partner where customer, yeah. uh, set your accounts out, tier one, tier two, tier three, um, spend the most money and time on your tier one accounts. And that has to be based on evidence right? This isn't just like, that's an awesome brand. We want to hang out with them. No. Yeah. Do they reflect the characteristics of other partners that you've had success with? Do yeah. you, do they do they, have they partnered with brands similar to yours, right? Like there's probably like characteristics you can go down. You want to spend more time with those people. And that's only the beginning, right? That's your top of funnel for the partnerships. Then when you move to the middle of the funnel and you're nurturing them, it sounds like something like a mutual action plan uh, is yeah. what we used to call it. It's a boring name, but like for the most part, that's setting clear expectations. What is yeah. the timeline on what we both expect to act and what do we both expect to do on that timeline? Correct. Right? Yeah. And then the, the bottom of the funnel is, all right, push come to shove. We're hitting our deadline right now. Are you ready to do the things that we committed to doing? We're ready on our end. Are you ready there? Mm -hmm. And having that clear communication. Yeah, that's exactly it. And partnerships is part of a revenue generating sales function too. So it's very similar. And then also within partnerships too, where it does differ from sales is sales can be very transactional where once you've done your sale, like you typically move on to closing your next customer mm -hmm. with partnership. It's, there's a lot more of a long-term relationship building there too. Like I don't want to just do one campaign with you or one, you know, announcement with you or integration with you let's keep building, like going deeper. What other integrations can we do? What other type of campaigns can we do? Can we co-market to each other's communities? Can we do education campaigns? Education is huge in Web3, <laughs> you know? Hence, like, hence all the work you had to go through to get a wallet to get your first NFT. Exactly. Still having to do that. For Prime most, example. For yeah. Yeah, because like if let's say you're a wallet or an NFT community or an exchange, like whatever you are, and you have new users or or something that someone needs to figure out what to do, they're probably going to go to your blog or your resource center or your learning hub, academy, whatever you may have on your website, and they're going to look for help. And so if you can work with your partners, like let's say you're an exchange, but you find that a lot of your users gravitate towards a few certain wallets, or maybe they're in certain areas of the world where certain wallets are super popular. Maybe you want to partner with those for 
like a step-by-step guide how to set up this wallet and then transfer how to transfer your crypto back and forth between an exchange and a wallet and you know like how to use it and making it super simple like keep the technical jargon out like literally step by step it maybe put some screen recordings i like to do this like i'll work with um like partner engineers to help provide screen recordings of like apps in function like how to do the thing so it's like you read the steps but also watch this Mm -hmm. if you want to see it because people also learn differently like it that's a huge partnership opportunity and then empathy right like really having empathy not only with your partner but empathy with your Mm -hmm. in client on both sides yeah because it's important as a brand too in order to build that community trust and connection you want to be their resource for things. You want to be their trusted resource for the service that you're providing, um, feeling a part of the community. And also if they need help, they know they can go to you and get really good information and your partners can help you deliver on that. So yeah, that's a big part of it. So it kind of goes like beyond, like I said, the sales kind of ends, you're on to the next one. You're not really nurturing any relationship there or working on additional things like that's where a partnership is truly beautiful and then i personally love it because i get to meet really cool people like i love my partners like they become friends of mine like i look forward to getting on calls with them like we joke around we have a great time and like i know if i need something they have my back and i have them like i think that's what really makes a successful partnerships professional. Yeah. It sounds like you're building an ecosystem, right? Yeah. All, right. It's my own ecosystem. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're relying on each other, right? Like it's yeah. a, give, it's a give and take, like you said, um, that is, that is beautiful. Um, yeah. I, I want to switch gears a little bit. I know yeah. you've got an amazing show yourself, uh, that you host. Uh, so I would love for the audience to get to know a little bit more about it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about this. So, my friend Becky Wowo and I, um, she and I were friends on Twitter, and we got to meet in real life last year, 2022, at NFT NYC, and we met in person. I literally was like, "Hey, we need to meet. Come get chicken fingers with me." And she did. <laughs> and so that's like well, that's how you knew it was all chicken I fingers. <laughs> I love chicken fingers, so yeah, I was like, "Come here." Um, but yeah, so we met, and then we stayed in touch like almost every single day, not kidding. Um, We became quick friends. I definitely consider her one of my best friends now. And we really wanted to hang out with each other, but she lives in Washington state and I live here in Atlanta. So we're literal opposite sides of the country, but we wanted to have like our girls night. We were like, how cool would it be if we could just hang out, like, you know, have a drink, have our snacks and like talk be friends, but also like talk web three and we get it or talk about creative ideas or like what we're building and we get it. So we were like, well, why don't we just do a Twitter spaces? So in August we started girls night in web three and it's a weekly Twitter spaces on Thursdays at 8 PM Eastern. And you, if you're listening, you should definitely come check it out. And that's, so we started that in August. Um, we ran our first season August through December. We stopped it right before the holidays because we knew everyone was going to be busy with holidays and the new year. And in February, in February, wow, it's literally January. In January, 
<laughs> We're not there yet. You got a few more days. <laughs> this will be released in February. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. I'm like ahead of my time. Uh, in January, first week, we started season two. So that's what we're currently in now. But so basically, Girls Night in Web 3, it's not just for girls, it's for everyone. We want everyone to feel included. I've been there. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, we have our guys in there. Like we have our regulars. And um, we just, uh, we have a special guest every week. So it could be a founder, someone building a product, um, someone just who has a cool community or has a special skill set. Like, financial knowledge or, you know, building a brand in web three, like whatever it is, we want to have interesting people who can share stories and like actual actionable advice too for anyone listening. Like we want people to leave with something new and interesting they learned. But then where we think the magic of girls night in web three is, is DJ hours. If you've ever stayed late at girls night in web three, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes they can go on for literal hours. We had one episode go on for seven hours. I fell asleep on the space. I don't know if you know this, Zach. I don't know. This This is great, though. This is gold. (laughs) Your girl has fallen asleep twice on Girls Night in Web 3. (laughs) So it ends up being midnight and then 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. And I'm like, you guys. Yeah. Oh, one time I fell asleep. I was the one, like, hosting it. And so they couldn't end the space. So it just went all night? They were like in the recording. You can hear like guys. Uh, I think Liz is asleep. Oh shit! <laughs> Becky was like, uh, "Yeah, let me call her." She calls me. She's like, "Hey, in the space." <laughs> so, so there's your promo. If you want to fall asleep on a Twitter Spaces, <laughs> join. <laughs> fall asleep because you had a real good time for hours. Okay, not because it's boring. Um. I mean, Becky and I are trying to set firmer boundaries this season. Like, DJ hours can definitely get out of hand sometimes. We're testing splitting it, actually. So, like, we'll have our core speaker for, like, that first 60 to 90 minutes. And then we'll end that and go straight into DJ hours and start a fresh space. And it's a different vibe. Like, it kind of people just, like, they come up. They talk on the stage with us. Like, we kind of open it up. And that's how DJ hours works. People love it. So I think that's interesting. I mean, uh, I, I recently joined uh, the Zen Academy community. Um, they've got a great um, social gro- social growth initiative there um, that just happened to start the day after I joined. I, <laughs> nothing oh, wow. to do with it, but I was like, cool. Um, and, you know, everybody uh, exchanges ideas about how to you know, produce good content, um, how to grow. Uh, and one of the things that keeps coming up is Twitter spaces are great for growth, uh, but I'm too nervous to get on stage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what what was it like for you when you first started the Twitter spaces? Was it just like, I, I'm okay with this? Uh, what was like your mindset? How did you get good at it? What does being good at being a Twitter spaces host mean? Oh, okay. So I remember getting on my first Twitter spaces. It was after... I had stealth minted an NFT at midnight one night last year. I know. Like I was hardcore degen for (laughs) a moment in time. And so we all like did this stealth mint and got on a Twitter spaces to talk about it. And I just asked to go on stage and I just said, hi. When I tell you my heart was pounding out of my chest, like 
I was so nervous. Um, and then I didn't really do it again. But then with my job, like in partnerships, like a lot of sometimes my campaigns involve Twitter spaces. So you just got to do it. Like, and after a while, it just, it's nothing. It's um, just so talking like, on the phone. <laughs> it really is. Okay. Yeah. And also, I mean, I like if I'm doing a, a spaces like professionally, like with a partner or something, we typically plan those out. Like we know what questions are going to be asked because you have to be careful sometimes with what things are said or what you can or cannot answer or what you maybe should just avoid for any, you never know, you know? So those are a little bit more planned, but with the girls night, for example, Becky and I are truly just ourselves. Like, and that's the magic of us. Honestly, like we like each other. We think we're hilarious. Other people might think we're not, but we think we are. I think and you're I, hilarious. Thank you. And um, yeah, I mean, people keep coming back, so we think they also like us. But we just are, are ourselves. Like Becky, I would say is she wears her heart on her sleeve. Like she will have like these deep, thoughtful, emotional like things that she'll say. I kind of joke where I'm like. Uh, I can't say it any better than that. What she said, like, I'm definitely not as hard on my sleeve as she, as she is, but she's like, even just being her friend, like this outside of Twitter spaces, like she's really helped me with that to be more vulnerable and open and things, especially on a platform like Twitter spaces. But people really appreciate that when, yeah. when you're open and just like vulnerable and not overthinking things it doesn't have to be perfect just be yourself and and the right people will gravitate towards you and your spaces and if people don't like you then fine they don't have to do anything with you you know like they don't ever have to come back (laughs) but the right people will so I think the trick to just being good at Twitter spaces is just being yourself and do more of them and the more of them you do you'll get used to it yeah that makes a lot of sense it just takes repetitions um, it really does. I still well, get nervous sometimes. Like yeah. I hope I don't ask a stupid question or sometimes I feel like I have so many thoughts in my head or so many questions. I like, I feel like I end up saying some jumbledy mess. that doesn't make sense. And they're like, wait, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. I, you know, one of the, one of the most powerful moments of the, the last, uh, the last one that I joined was, I have always emphasized to my, my son and will to my daughter when she's old enough, the role of women and men being equal. Um, there is more than we can think about in our society of a lack of role models on the female side. Uh, and it's really hard, especially in tech and web three to find female role models. Yeah. Right. And to hear you guys speak and hear your guests speak about things that I just, I can't even, like, I I want to understand, but I don't understand because I am a man is Mm -hmm. so powerful. I, do you, do you, how much do you emphasize the fact that you are empowering women in web three, or is that just kind of something that goes along with it? Because it's working. I have to say that. Well, good. I love that. I mean, No, we, that's not something we talk about, you know, or draw a lot of focus on, I guess, just because like, we are women, we are in the space, she and I are friends, we have each other's back, our community has our back, every single guy that's come into our spaces that are our friends like you or 
Hunter from Relic Tickets or um, Becky's husband, Vic. We have, like, some regulars in there. Fanzo, like, they're, they've been nothing but supportive to us. And so we haven't really felt the need, like, to call any of that out. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, there aren't a lot of women in this space or being having public media platforms like a Twitter spaces or a podcast or I mean we don't have a podcast yet but it's something we would like to do alpha alpha maybe it's an alpha man that could be a little bit of an alpha drop (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I mean we want to be voices because we also think like some sometimes it's like oh why are you calling a girls night like well we are girls and we want to have this like a girls night and everyone is welcome though. Like we don't care. Um, but this is our space, you know? And, but yeah, like as the space grows and who knows, like as it becomes more mainstream or like the people who are Starbucks regulars and they start maybe learning more about web three through Starbucks innovation into the, in the, the, the space, Maybe they'll come find us on Twitter one day or like they'll hear a podcast and get curious and they'll see people maybe that are like them. Like, oh, young professional women talking about Web3 and they're quirky and they're funny, but they're smart and they're welcoming. Like we truly are like, please request to speak. Come hang out with us. Like this is your space as much as it is ours. So that's we that's the vibe we want to create and if that empowers more women and then also men to kind of see a woman's point of view in this space too then that's fantastic like we couldn't ask for more well it is uh, at least mm-hmm. i can only speak for for myself but it, it, yeah. it is what your comments are very insightful i learned a ton both about the industry, it isn't just all women focused, right? It just happens to be some of the perspectives are from women, right? Like, and they're, they're not something that Mm -hmm. a typical male would encounter on, on an everyday basis. So I find that super helpful. And I, I just, you know, I can't speak highly enough. So Thursdays, 8, 8 PM, go check it out. Uh, and, and a podcast dropping soon. You heard it first here on web three with me. That's exclusive. Uh, yeah, exclusive. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm super excited for you. I'm super excited to watch you grow. Um, we are nearing the top of the hour though. And I have my traditional closing questions that I ask every guest. The first okay. one is how do you define web three? Oh, okay. So web three to me is access. I think that Web3 can provide a lot of access to financial opportunities for people, access to communities, to founders, and opportunities to create things you've dreamed of, whether it's making new friendships or learning how to invest, learning how to create art, make your own art, create and sell things without third parties involved. I think there's so much opportunity. And because it's a connection to the internet. Once you figure out the technical things, of course, there's still a learning curve. I'm acting like it's you get on your computer and then voila, you're a part of it. But once you figure it out, it opens up a world of opportunities and access for you. And that to me is what makes Web3 so beautiful. And also the community is so supportive, more so than you can find anywhere else from what I've seen. So that's what Web3 is to me. And I'm really proud to be a part of it. Hell yeah. 
I love that. I love that. It's so much better than the typical read, write, own answer, <laughs> which I force my guests to go deeper on. That That is oh. what, what Web3 means to you. So I compile all these answers and put them in a playlist so everybody can check out well, how do different people think about it? Because I talk to so many different kinds of people on the show. Um, yeah. So that, that was a great answer. Um, my final closing question is uh, forward looking. It's where do you see yourself in the space in the next six to 12 months? And where do you see yourself in the space in the next five to 10 years? And feel Ooh. free to be audacious with the second one. I've had some really fun answers and I love, love, love that. Okay. Um, well, I guess near term. So, I definitely want to continue my career working in Web3 um, in partnerships. Like, I definitely want that to grow, and I expect to see that to grow over five to 10 years, too. And with Becky and I, so we have our Girls Night in Spaces. We also recently uh, created a Twitter called Your Web3 Besties with Liz and Becky. We are your Web3 Besties. And so we want that to be our media hub and community that we are building and girls Night in web three Twitter spaces is a, like, um, a production of your web three besties. So we want to do in real life events. We would love to partner with companies or brands or projects for in real life, um, conferences, like to have side events, like with your web three besties, we want to have our podcast, um, potentially some merch in the future. We've teased that on the Twitter spaces before. Like we really want to turn it into a brand. Um, we have some other content methods that we're working on too, Becky and I individually, but would funnel up under your web three besties. So we want to see that gr grow. Like if you can imagine in web two, like the podcast networks and the different brands they have under those and they truly are brands and they have the sponsorships and everything. Like we would love to have that here, like be the web three representation of like call her daddy or like something, you know, <laughs> but like, yeah. So that's something we want to grow together. And then, yeah. So my career in five to 10 years, I definitely want to be at a high position, like working. <sighs> wow, that's a tough one because so much can change even in a year. Like what is it going to look like in five years or 10? It can look like whatever you want. You get to answer the question. <laughs> oh, that's such a big question. Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely want to keep growing my career. Like I want to rise up the ranks in partnerships. I want to become someone where companies or individuals or projects feel like I'm a trusted source to help them out with this type of work. And yeah, and then also be living off your Web3 besties and doing that full time with Becky and doing the media route like that would be fantastic. So I would say those two things. Well, I'll be looking forward to that. And hopefully uh, we'll be partnering on some of the media stuff. Um, obviously, I have similar aspirations. I feel like you and I connected very strongly in our ethos on the first time we ever talked. And oh, yeah. this just kind of reiterates it. We're just friends having a chat here. Um, and I loved learning from you. So thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me, Zach. You're awesome. And hope to see you very soon in real life. IRL. Let's go grab some coffee. Yeah, let's do it. 
map out our media web three media takeover domination (laughs) prepare to be sick of us okay (laughs) 